If you need a Bible, raise your hand and these guys be glad to give you one. You can take your Bibles and turn to Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2. It's good. Let's keep it that way. We're going to look at today something that uh, actually we're going to cover this week and next week. It's one of those words that you see thrown around a lot in, in um, the church, it's thrown around a lot in spiritual circles, and, and we're going to look at the umbrella, a word called legalism. And whenever you hear that word, everybody has in their own mind what that means. So what I really want to do over the next couple of weeks is look at what we're free to reject. Look at the title of today's message. You're free to reject certain things in Christ, and it is my as I mentioned to you last week, the genesis of this whole series on being free is, is I passionately and deeply want you to understand what it means to be free in Christ. What it means not just to be born again and realize, ooh, I get to go to heaven when I die. That's the ultimate. That's, as I've said many times, if God never did anything else for us but send Christ to die in our place, redeem us, and give us eternal life, that's enough. Because how long is this life? 70, 80, 90, 100 years. If you're really fortunate, 100 years. How does that compare to eternity? It doesn't. It's a blip. And so in Christ, God gives me, whoa, almost bought it. God gives me, I almost went to eternity right then. God gives me eternal life. And I, I think so many times, and, it, and that's why I, 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 as I was praying about this, deciding how exactly I want to do it, and I'm thinking about individuals that I know that are here and even others that I don't, and everybody that I have an opportunity to share God's word with, I, I love you guys, and I, I passionately want you not just know what it means to be free in Christ. Christ is free. You are free indeed. But not just know it, the lecture, but live it, to earnestly live every day realizing I'm in Christ. Because see, so many times we as Christian church people are looking for a book of do's and don'ts. How do you do Christianity? How do you do church? How do you do this God thing? I read an article this week about this several years ago about a preacher that stood up in front of his congregation and he said, there are 700 sins. I don't know how he came up with that number, but he did. He said, there are 700 sins. He said, that week he got 46 requests for the list. Now, why do you want the list? See, the Pharisees, that's kind of who they were. And by the way, Jesus' harsh criticism when he was on the planet was for whom? And who were the Pharisees? They were the most religious people on the planet. The high priest, the apostle Paul, the Pharisee, he was on the Sanhedrin. I mean, they were right up there in their own mind. Paul writes it in Philippians, I was a Pharisee, I was, when it came to the law, self-righteous. So what they had come up with was, in addition to what the Bible, the Old Testament had recorded, they'd come up with all these other hundreds of rules and regulations that as long as you do these things and you conform, then you will be righteous. Jesus comes along and says, oh no. He described the Pharisees with words like children of Satan. That sound good to you? In case you don't know, that ain't good. Jesus called them children of Satan. He called them vipers, poisonous snakes. He called them whitewashed tombs. You look good on the outside, but on the inside you're rotting corpses. Not a cool metaphor. And these were, by the way, when the people wanted spiritual religious advice, who did they go to? They went to the Pharisees. Jesus literally said to, in the Sermon on the Mount, he said, when you pray, don't be like the Pharisees. When you give, don't give like the Pharisees. 
When you fast, don't fast like the Pharisees. Wait a minute, if you're in the congregation, aren't you confused at that point? This is all you've ever known. Your ancestors have known for hundreds and hundreds and thousands, literally years, this has gone back. It's all they've ever known. And then this guy who comes along, great teacher, who taught like no other man. Many were saying, what's the Messiah? He's saying, don't be like your religious leader. Because they give so people will see them. They pray so people will see them. And they wear the sackcloth and the ash and they, they fast, make themselves look so spiritual. And yet, I'm telling you, don't be like them. He, Jesus even said to Pharisees, used the phrase, woe is me, that you also in Revelation, you don't be woed on. It's a word I just, you don't want to be woed on. Jesus said to them, woe unto you. You are blind guides. If you were going to hire a guide to take you, did you hire a blind one? Probably not. Jesus literally said to them, you are going to hell and you are taking people with you. He says, by the way. So I think sometimes, and even in the church, we want a list of do's and don'ts. How do you get by? Or we want God to be like Santa Claus. Santa Claus doing right now. Making a list, checking it twice, going to find out who's naughty and nice, and he sends me a list of every one of you. Says, okay, let's see, Mike. Well, we might get all right till May. And I think even though we don't say it, so many times we want to know. I was talking to a guy yesterday, an old dear friend. I haven't talked to him, and he called me one of like an hour and a half. And he was asking the hard question. How come I, a man, provider, take care of things, and how did I come up? Logic, honest. And that's why you have to come back. What is this relationship with God? That, am I focused on now? Or is it, do I really live with an eternal perspective? Is this book? I want to read you some laws. They're on the books in our nation. In Florida, if you are a woman, you could be fined falling into a hairdryer. Problem. In Indiana, you're not allowed to attend a movie house or ride in a public streetcar within four hours after eating garlic. In Eureka, Illinois, if you have a mustache, you're not allowed to be a woman. A lot of shaving going on there, I bet. In Moline, Illinois, you cannot ice skate at the Riverside Pond during the months of August. Good. In Normal, Illinois, it's against the law to make a face a dog. In Memphis, it's face like a dog. In Wisconsin, margarine is illegal, especially when it's smuggled in by the flatland from Illinois. You can't serve apple pie in a public restaurant unless there's cheese on it. And here's my personal favorite. In Nicholas County, Wisconsin, or excuse me, West Virginia, no member of the clergy, no pastor is allowed to tell a joke or a humorous story. I wouldn't make it. That's all I got. I wouldn't make it. And I think so many times we end up putting God kind of like that. I want to rule. I want to, I can do this, but I can't do that. Here's why. Matter of fact, I want to pray before we, if, if somehow in the next two weeks I communicate this. To Lord, I, I simply pray. Over the next few moments and then again next week as we share, we look at this incredible passage written by the Apostle Paul, who was a Pharisee. The boy got saved radically, dramatically. We would understand that freedom, the Colossians, that we would understand as believe what it means set free and live that way. Randy, I pray, Lord, all the time I've spent with you week and all you've laid on my heart, we would begin to communicate that, not Randy, but you. See, one of the things I've discovered in doing this for 30 years and being a believer for 43, but in talking to people and in listening to them so many times, whether it's in a marriage or it's in, in a work relationship or it's life in general, it's what people want. I'm born again. I'm glad I'm going to heaven when I die. Now, how far can I push the envelope, still be okay with God? What can I get away with? Is it all right for me to go to Tunica as long as I only gamble a little bit? Is it all right for me to drink a little as long as I don't drink too much? Is it okay to smoke a cigarette as long as I don't smoke too many? Is it okay to have a tattoo as long as 
Is it okay to do as long as? What about this? What about that? You see, we all want rules. There's an act story that happened in our fair city. I won't give you the name of the church. Know it immediately. In our fair city, several years ago, there were people, and, and nothing wrong with this. I've done it. Went door-to-door witnessing. I did it in high school. It's hilarious. My best friend and I went door-to-door witnessing. We'd been to a seminar. They taught you how to share your faith. It's a good thing. Then they sent 17-year-old guys out door-to-door, the first place we would call girls, and they had clients with them. My buddy was going, I said, man, I think we probably need to leave. He goes, no, this is cool. I said, no, man, I don't really think this is the proper time, even though I agree they need the gospel. This is proper. And that's what I mean. We've never done this before. And apparently this apartment complex was hip, and I didn't know that. And I think so many times we want to know, wait, wait, what can I do? And God will still be cool with me. Wrong question, right? Do you understand the wrong question? The question is, Think about right now, is you, who's the one person in your life you love the most? If you're thinking of yourself, you're probably, who's the one person in your life you love the most? Not God. Let's put just aside for a moment, obviously, number we know that. For example, my life, it, Mary. Now, that would be Mary. I got so much trouble last week, and y'all didn't work with me, but I warned, anyway. Obviously, it's my wife. We've been married 40 years. We've been dating three years. Uh, so think about the person you love most. Now, you think about that person, your attitude, what can I get away? What will not find out? Or is your attitude enjoying life for her? How can I help her spirits? How can I be a better husband? How can I be a better wife? How can I be a friend? Maybe it's how can I be a child? All you love, but how can I be a better child? How can I be a better grandfather? How can I just be a better instrument of God? Not what can I do? Should I not? What can I get away with? Can I not get away with you with a heart rendered to him saying, not doing it to buy anything with you. It's kind of like talking, we talk about giving. Why do you give? You're giving because if I don't give, God's get me. If Randy won't shut up about it, so I'm going to give. Hope give. God has given to you, and you're grateful. You want to see others say. You want to see the, the church grow. We are two instruments of God. But I want you to understand. Please look at the title of this. You need to understand your freedom. You said if the Son makes you free, you free indeed. You are free, jack certain. I want you to look at 1 Timothy chapter 4. It should be up on the screen here at the moment. 1 Timothy chapter 4. I want you to look at it with me. Look up at the screen. The Spirit, Apostle Paul's writing to Timothy. Timothy was his son in faith. His protege, Paul, was going to pass the time to carry on. And notice what he's to pass on. The Spirit expressly says that in the latter times. By the way, we live in the latter times. It began when you came the first time, they would, he comes back the second. So we're in the latter times, also called last day. In the latter times, some will depart from the faith. Notice, they will depart from, by Greek definite article, the faith. Not a faith, but the faith. Genuine, the one faith, the set free, faith is Christ. They would Apart from the faith, giving heed to the spirits and doctrine of demons. Doctrine something teach. So they're going to be they're going to be listening to the spirits, uh, Satan's demons, and they're going to be teaching something that's satanic. That's pretty powerful stuff. Now listen to what that is. Speaking lies and hypocrisy. Hypocrisy is wearing a mask, not being real, pretending something you're not. Having their own conscience seared with a hot iron. Now here's what they're doing. Notice. Forbidding to marry. Commanding to abstain from foods which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. Part of the doctrines of demons. See this? Is he's saying one of, the, one of the things you've got to understand. People are coming along and telling you you can't eat that food. You shouldn't be marrying. You need to do this. You need to do that. If God has created it free and you're receiving it with thanksgiving, you are a believer in the truth. Jesus. For every creature of God is good, and nothing to be refused if it is with thanks sanctified or set apart by the word of God and prayer. Now, does that mean that I physically harm my? No. If it means someone tells you can't eat fish on Friday because the Bible says you should, or you can't eat barbecue, or you can't eat barbecue. Yes, you can. I ate yesterday. In fact, it was good. You see, you're free to reject stuff like this. Not in an arrogant way, not in an argumentative way, but understand you're free. 
What God doesn't want you to do when he saves you, sets you free for eternity, he doesn't want you to live under a burden of people, rule, and regulation. Not any law some other man has come up with. What he wants you to live by the word of God and prayer. By the word of God and prayer. I'm going to talk more about that in the next couple of weeks. Because here's the problem. Your standard, your standard as a Christian is whom? I'm helping you there. Thank you. Jesus Christ. Your standard is Jesus Christ. He's the way. He's truth. He's the life. He's the one that sets you free. My goal is I'm a Christian. Little Christ is really what it means. I want to, like, I don't want to be like someone's set of rules. Here's why. There's a lot of things we're going to look at. Please get this. Let's say next Sunday you're going to come in. Russ and I are going to hand you the paper. It says these are the 40 rules that you live by to be a Christian. Get these right and you're cool. You think that's stupid. It happens all. Put it out. But let's say you take the 40 and you got them. I'm able to, I'm living by the 40. Outwardly, what do you look like? Really good. You look really moral. You look spiritual. But if all you've done is outwardly form the Russ and Randy rule of right, ooh, Russ and Randy's rules, say that 10 times fast. If, you, if all you do is live by Russ and Randy's rules of righteousness, Russ and Randy are going to look at you and say what? Why? Good job. But on the inside, I love what you said in the Sermon on the Mount. He's a woman with lust of heart, you're guilty. You may not be committing adultery physically, you're still guilty, right? See the point? What God wants is for you to be changed internally, and then for that to seep out through the pores of your body and your life, that's who you are. In other words, John the Baptist said, I am a lamp, reflects the light within. That's what he wants, not outward conformity. Because you can, you can outwardly conform and look really good and inwardly lost as a dog. The guy who mentored me for years in a video, Wayne Barber, pastor of a tremendous God, precept ministry in the videos, and I got them, you've heard me talk about Wayne Barber with ministry in a position like Russ has, was in the ministry years before. You hear what I just said? He was doing this for 10 years and then got saved. Now, obviously, he was doing a good job. People wanted him, and he worked someplace for years. How, what was he doing? He was outwardly doing what? But inward it happened to him. He was doing the right things and looked really good. He had not been regenerated. He had not been. You don't think that goes on? They're all religion. And outside Jenny, every one of them outward. Some of them look really good. By the way, exactly, what's it called here? Doctrine. Isn't that what Satan wants? He wants you to outwardly look religious, like the Pharisees. Don't surrender spirit to your religious thing. Don't surrender your life to Christ. So you get to Colossians chapter 2, and here's the context. These false teachers were coming into the Colossae in this area, and what they were saying to these people was, Jesus is great. Glad you've trusted Christ, but it's not enough. You need more. Right then, that's not right, but they didn't. The Colossian teachers were telling them, you, you need more. And here's how they describe more. It was a mixture of pagan philosophy, Jewish rules and regulations, mysticism, asceticism. We're going to deal with those next week. And when you mixed all this together and you stirred it up, what they were saying was, you will, you will find yourself, take Jesus and you add all this to it. Some of them were Jewish, some weren't. So you had a little bit of Judaism, a little bit of pagan philosophy. In other words, just whatever you can come up with. It's all good. We mix it all together. And what will happen is you will get a greater illumination than you'll get just from Jesus. You get the problem with that is God's this is to it. Don't take away from that the Holy Spirit teach you this. Respond to this. These are the principles by which this is the owner's manual. You don't need more. And the reality is that this type of outward formity, legalism, disease, you don't have it. Because you look good. Everything seems fine. But inwardly you're beaten away. Charles Spurgeon, one of the greatest preachers that ever lived, was talking about legalism, and he said these words. I have found in my own spiritual life that the more rules I lay down for myself, the more sins I commit. Why? 
Because if you're living your life by Russ and Randy's rules of righteousness or anybody else's code, no matter who it might be, if you're looking at it and you're looking at it, I don't know, didn't quite get that one. This Wayne Barber was talking earlier about he was talking about that. You, live, you try to live your life by a list of rules. He picked one. He said, just pick one of the commandments. Thou shalt not covet. He said, the problem is if you're, if, that's, if you're trying to do by rules and you think thou shalt not covet, what happens to your mind is you find yourself coveting, 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 because you can't do it. The whole point of the law, the Apostle Paul tells in Galatians, the whole point of the law was a tutor to bring us this, to make us realize you need a Savior. You cannot do it. All our righteousness is what? A filthy rag. All of it. He's talking about the Apostle Paul earlier. And you read the book of Philippians, and it's a powerful book. I, I love the theme of it. It's joy in your circumstance no matter what they and in that book, he talks about his pedigree. He was a Pharisee, Hebrew of the Hebrews, that he was circumcised of the tribe of Benjamin. He lists all these things. And here's, this is what he says. I looked at all these things that I counted as gain, plural, as loss. When he got saved, he realized, and by the way, the word loss is trans in Greek means, you know what he's saying? All these things that I counted on, being a Pharisee, being self-righteous, keeping the law, I, my pedigree, being a, of the tribe of Benjamin, circumcised, all the things I counted on. Then I met just, and I realized they were a pile of manure. See, that's why Jesus, I was telling you about having a conversation with my friend, yet he kept coming and said, well, I find some, I find some, I find some things in Islam that are good. You might, but not going to set you. Why? Outward come Jesus Christ said, I'm the way. No man comes to the Father but by me. What he meant? I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. I can read. And he lived it, proved it, caused deity. Muhammad was a man, a man. Jesus was God and a man. That's a huge difference. I hope you understand that. When the universe was created, where was Muhammad? Where was he? Wasn't even born yet. Did creating. It's a pretty big difference. I would. He wants you to understand who you are. So these Colossian teachers come along and say, you need to do this, you need to do that. You need to add this. And the people struggling. Were, Let me ask you a quick question. Do not raise your hands. I know it. I'm listening, talking over the many, many people, especially young people. It's a proven fact for about 8 to 30, most of you, the largest, they don't go. They got no interest. They're interested in spiritual things, but not the church. You know why? Because in their mind, the church, the list of dudes, it's legal. It's legalism. I got to do this. I can't do that. I can't have any fun. Now, I'm not saying, please understand, because I don't want anybody leaving here. That's why this is such a for me. I'm not saying, Paul dealt with this in Romans, that it's okay to sin. I'm saying that. Say, so, well, you're saying we can't, that we're free to do whatever we want. No, you're free to do what's right. You're free to do what's right. Question's right. You got to determine. We're not talking about peripheral things. When Galatia, in Romans, they said, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. That's not it. If I'm in love, talk about our relationships earlier. If I love my wife, do I go out of my way to hurt her? No, I go out of my way to what? Take care of her. Please her. I love her. Same thing with God. I should hate sin because he hates. Not because it's a do or a don't. Because I love him. This is all about falling in love with who your God is and then living that out in the world. Most of you are young and you're out working, dealing with people on a daily basis. And when the subject of God comes up, they may not do it outwardly, but inwardly they're probably rolling their eyes because they've heard, especially in Memphis, they've heard it somehow over and over and they don't want it. But what they haven't heard is a real intimate, a real understanding. So the first thing I want you to do, we're going to do number one today and we're going to do two and three next week. Number one. The first thing you are free to reject, all that we've been talking about, you are free to reject external judgments also known as legalism. But I want to focus in on this external judgment. Three areas, rules, rituals, and shadows. Here's what I mean by that. Legalism is simply external judgments. is a religion of performance to gain God's approval. Let me ask you this. If it's never happened to you, it happened to me a lot. I was actually doing a funeral several years ago, and I do a lot of funerals, and I enjoy doing it because I could hear hope. And I was getting ready to do this lady, sweet lady, and I'd known her, and I knew she was Christian. I think it was, it was her husband, actually. I didn't know him, and he came up to me, and here's what he I appreciate you doing my wife's funeral. 
uh, she had enough religion for both of us. You know, my thought, I didn't, I didn't articulate a good thing. You know what my thought was? Ooh, I'm sure glad I'm not doing your funeral today. Think that man knew Jesus? Probably not. He saw it in his wife, but what he saw was what? Religion. Something I want. Now, people reject Christ all the time. What I don't want them to be honest. They do it. An honest. Once they find out who he is. You're free to reject his rules. I was joking with someone this week. He was talking about, he's asking about our church, and I was sharing it with him. I'd been, been to Brenda Self, this the John, and most of you know Steve, he's our he top uncle Cy guy out the door. And the fact that he wears overalls, and Steve, Steve is a, I'm sorry to embarrass him, but he's a devout, he's not perfect. He'd be the first to tell you he's not, I'm the first to tell you he's not perfect. He loves his Lord, but he don't look like the rest of you, does he? But there are people that would look at if he walked in their church, hey, we can't have him, he might want to take up the offering. I remember years ago, this was back in the 80s, before everybody had it, everybody but me, they've come to and say, I found this verse in the Bible, can I have a tattoo? And I've never even thought about it. Now we don't even think about it, do we? But boy, it was a big deal. Or a guy wearing an earring. You can't, can't be here, especially your right ear or left. Which I couldn't remember which ear was the bad one. It was a good ear and a bad ear. I couldn't remember which. So I just didn't wear them. I wore mine in my nose. I figured that it's bigger and easier to see. The most devout I know where I don't have a tattoo. I'm if I get one, I'm going to get it right here, and it's going to say, can't move to West Virginia. The jokes. Reject rules, rituals. So many people in good churches get hung up on the want to fight and suffer. What happens is dealing with him, they had reached a point they worship not the God. Does that make sense? Is that when I take Lord's Supper, it's not about how, how I, it's not thinking about the blood, but thinking about the body of Jesus. Look at Colossians chapter. I just want to read a couple of verses today, and then we're going to. Look at verse 16, 2.16. So let no one judge you in food or in drink or regarding a festival or a new moon or Sabbath. They are a shadow of thing to come. Substance is of Christ. You see that? They are a sh- the thing. I mean, that's why a shadow shadow are not something. For example, if you walk outside and you stand on Highway 70 out in the middle of the road, shadow of a truck's by and hit. Are you all right? Yes, you are. If you stand out on Highway 70 and the truck hits you, what happens? I'm probably doing your funeral this week. Shadows are a silhouette. Notice seven more times. These things, the new moon, the festival, Sabbath, all the ritual Jewish believers used to do, used to fade in. Saying they were shadows. They were shadows. Given to you by God to point to something bigger. Jesus, the what? The verse again, the what? He's the substance. Look at verse 17. One more time. They are a shadow, but the substance is of Christ. Look back at verse 9, chapter 2, verse 9, for just in him. Chapter 2, verse 9, in him Christ dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete. Where? In him. You don't have to add somebody's rule. You don't have to add somebody's ritual. Those old things that you used to do, those are shadows. This is substance. Free to reject somebody's rules. Your conformity should of God, the person's Christ. And next week we're going to get into greater detail. I think it's really important you understand. You've been set free. You've been set. Don't let someone come along to you under bondage. Live is free. Loving, caring. What's our, what's our acronym for be what? We want to be real. Not plastic, real. If you bow your heads, please. Father, we just thank you very simply for being our God. Thank you that you're alive. You sent Jesus to die for us so that we could be free. Lord, I pray for us as believers, even as we go into time sharing the Lord's Supper, we would think about the body of broken, the blood of Christ shed, that we might be saved, might be forgiven, that we are complete in Him. We don't have to live up to somebody's set of rules and regulations. We live to be like Christ. We want to be like Christ. I pray we challenge, and as we are participating in the Lord's Supper, think about the, think of the body, examine our hearts. And Lord, there may be people here who are like us inside. They haven't been saved, conforming outward. I pray, Lord, as we take the Supper, to be honest with you. I just, again. Thank you for dying. I want to be saved, forgiven, set me to live.